Hey everyone, today is Thursday, the 5th of May 2016, and this is The Gap episode 319. I'm Luke Laurie, and Job Gurai is here, question mark? Question mark yourself. This is our bet, like last month was our best month ever. This is true. Best month ever. Biggest month ever, ever. Yeah, okay. That is an interesting distinction to make, but I'm not going to question it. I am going to question it. Why did you make that distinction, Luke? Because there's a difference between biggest and best. Right. When was our best month ever then? Um, I'm Alien. Not- the, the month when we decided how aliens and predators might fuck. So, we- <laughs> week two. <laughs> yeah, week two. Obviously our best month ever, but... Biggest month ever, definitely last month. Good, good points. Uh, as a re- like, as a result of our best month ever, I've been drinking all day. <laughs> uh, definitely because of that. Uh, I'm currently drinking now. I'm drinking some. I've been drinking nothing but Japanese whiskey. I've been thinking about it, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to stop reviewing video games and just review whiskey. Why don't you review video games and whiskey at the same time? Uh, these aren't often things that cross. Hmm. They're not paths that cross often, but they did today. Uh, Japanese whiskey. So I am currently drinking some Nikka whiskey <laughs> okay. that uh, Nathan, podcast regular, got me. That's what I'm drinking. Hopefully some... Some goddamn pizza will arrive soon, or I'm going to be fucking vomiting some nickel whiskey <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, every, just all over the place. Like, just, no, I'm going to aim for my fucking dishwasher. Because <clears throat> my theory is the dishwasher can clean up vomit. Yeah, uh, my my Xbox One was so excited about our uh, about our milestone that it just switched itself on by itself. So, oh, cool. I'm not sure what's going on over there, but maybe somebody said Xbox on. I don't have a Connect plugged into it. <laughs> maybe it just knows. So yeah, I don't know what happened then. Maybe it's like, oh yeah, I haven't been switched on in like forever. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's cared about oh, I turn my Xbox on. Can we jump straight into some shit? We can. So I, haven't, I haven't updated our Google Docs. Okay, I have. I've got some things in there. Yeah, but I haven't. Okay. And I'm, I'm just going to look it up and see what you've got. But Slitherio? Fuck yeah, you've been playing Slitherio? I played a little bit, a couple of games while I was waiting for something to download. And you were like, fuck, this is the greatest game of all time, motherfuckers. It's on... um. There's a lot of clones out on the on the phone now. I saw. I was trying to get a. I was like, maybe I'll play on my phone. I'm like, nah. They ain't the real Slitherio. I ain't about that life. Not on my fucking watch, motherfuckers. And so I didn't. But uh, and Overwatch, Master of. Orion, sorry for the typing noises. See, the the thing was, we were supposed to do this on Tuesday, and then something happened. Then we were supposed to do it on Wednesday, and then something happened. And then we were supposed to do it on Thursday at 6 p.m., and then I was out getting drunk. (laughs) So that didn't happen. But uh, it's 6.51 p.m., and I'm going to tell you all about how I turn on my Xbox so I could play Tomb Raider. Reator. Yeah, that's how I've typed it out. It's a little game called Return of the Tomb Raider. Rise, right. 
Rise of the Super Rise of the Super <laughs> Close. Start with an R. Can I can I be frank with you, Luke? Well, my name's not Frank. I can I be Luke with you, Luke? <laughs> sure. I'm not 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 a fan. Okay. I'm not That's, a fan. Is it because you hate women? <laughs> Listen, okay. I'll never say it on record. Uh no, I mean to say, uh like, what's going on with this game? It's... I I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I feel like it's a game where if Jobo had gotten the opportunity to review it before it came out, everyone six months later would be like, oh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. What the fuck were they doing? That game is fucking crazy. I'm like a third, I would wager. Like, I know too much about it, right? I know too much about the game now to think that I, like, there are any surprises available to me. Mm -hmm. But I haven't seen anything that would suffice to surprise me. So I don't feel like I'm losing anything by not being surprised. Right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Sure. I I worry that it doesn't, but uh, like basically, you know, I'm rolling through and like Lara is good, right? Lara is whoever does Lara's voice acting. Camilla Luddington. Okay, whoever does that, she's fucking good at her job. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's fucking consistently perpetually good at what she does and she has a supporting cast of people who are fucking awful at what they do and it i just don't get it like why why do they have they've obviously got a director involved to make sure she is saying shit correctly right yeah, I would say so. But at every possible uh, circumstance, anyone other than her appears to be reading their lines directly off the page with zero context. I don't understand what's going on there. Like, she'll be... She'll be walking through the fucking snow right at the fucking beginning and she'll be like... Oh my god, I can't believe we're going to make it. My dad would be so proud. And her Maori friend would be like, sorry, I won't hit the table again. Her Maori friend would be like, Oh yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> Bro. Literally no context. Like, oh, hey, this is your line. Say, that's pretty good, isn't it? And he injected as much personality as he could into it, but he had no idea what he was fucking responding to. And so he just fucking shit the bed. And then later, fucking, I don't know, uh, some dude breaks into her house and she's like, oh no, they're trying to steal all my information. And she, and then the Maori dude's like, What's going on in here? <laughs> and like, hang on. A, he doesn't sound Maori. And B, 
That's not how you'd ask that question. You just fought a motherfucker. Like, the supporting cast doesn't sound like they're actually supporting anything. They sound like they're just told to say some shit. That's fucking mind. It's it's not. It's actually not the first time this has happened to me this week. Because it's happened multiple times. Uh, Battleborn is a fucking... It's, like, critically fucking crippled by it. But Tomb Raider's driving me fucking nuts by it. And then Lara's running around. Every time she wants to learn some more Greek, she has to read another fucking, like, tablet or whatever the fuck. You're like, oh, okay, so I want to learn more Greek. I've got to read another tablet. That's cool. Um... How do I uh, find one of those? Oh, I know how I do it. I press the right thumbstick in and it just fucking shows me whatever. And like, that shit drives me nuts. I want to be only fucking looking for things. Yeah. Only fucking searching for shit. I'm be raiding some tombs. But the game's like, eh, find it. Here it is. Here it is. Come and look at this. Come and find this. You'll be fine, man. That's the game. That's the game. That's the game, my impression. One third of the way in, I'm like, it's like, uh, look at this, man. Yeah. But it's like a thing all games are doing these days, that that uh, secret sense thing. Yeah. That sixth sense that you can kind of... It drives me wave out. I it shows you everything. I hate it. I hate. I hate being told everything. I just wish they would force me to find some shit on my own. You know, like make me fucking find some shit out, right? Yeah, but they don't do it. They're just like, press right thumbstick and you'll find it all. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fair enough. If you don't like it, you don't like it. I don't not like it. I just don't like it as much as people are fucking saying it's the game of the year. Yeah, I know. And, I, and I, that's something I brought up. When I played it, I had that same criticism. I didn't think I it was as good as what people w- was making it out to be. And I think that's mainly because they either didn't play the last one or um, uh, maybe they were a bit surprised by um, how good it was. And they were kind of just craving for a new Uncharted or something like that. Yep. Yeah, but I agree. I, I I enjoyed it. It just wasn't. It didn't blow me away like I'd heard everybody going on about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm expecting fucking. I'm expecting hand jobs, and I'm expecting blowjobs, and I'm getting hand jobs. You know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very much. That's a good. I want to see that on the box. <laughs> it's like a box quote somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. A box quote. <laughs> um. You've been playing Candy... What? Hang on. I'm looking at the fucking list now. You've been playing Candy Crush Saga, Luke. Yeah. Explain yourself. So, remember a couple of weeks ago, we got an email like, what mobile games do you guys play and and recommendations and that sort of stuff? Um, So, I was browsing the Android Play Store and I was looking at top games on the Android Store and that was like one of the ones at the very top. And I was like, well, I've never actually played it. Um... <laughs> give it a crack and I was like I've played Bejeweled and I'm pretty sure it's the same thing yep uh, it's the same thing it except is. Uh, it's got this 
I was actually really enjoying it because I like Bejeweled and that type of style of match three type game. Um, yep. And it's got all these levels in there and, and puzzles that you do. You've got to match uh, different colors and then um, get a certain amount of a, like a high score in a certain amount of time or you've got to um, get special types of fruit all the way to the bottom as they make their way through all the blocks and just all this other stuff in there. Uh, so I'm making my way through this game and then it gets to a point where it's like, uh, you've run out of lives. You need to now either pay us money or spend fucking gold to buy more lives or some bullshit. Um, yeah, and that's the point where I was like, this game is trash. Like anybody that that puts that type of monetization into their game, uh, I think is complete horseshit, and uh, you should never support any of that crap. Fair enough. I mean. I don't mind that the game is uh, it's free, but you can like there's better ways of monetizing that type of stuff. Um, there definitely is. Rather than like I was really I was having fun with it, but for then you to stop me from playing and then being like, well, you can play it again in another forty five minutes, or you can spend five bucks and get three lives or some bullshit like that. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's complete trash. Uh, if you want a game like that, play Bejeweled. I think it does a better job, and it's probably free. It does literally the same job, and uh, I don't think it's free. I, uh, it's I think you free. play the Facebook free version, but yeah, I think the Facebook free version engages in similar tactics. I'm not sure anymore. I, I used to play them a while back, but I thought I'd check out this scene because everyone used to go nuts about it, and then clearly they just fucking they got no idea there's a reason why you see about see this game everywhere because they're, they're basically funding like it's an addiction people get hooked onto a game and then they're just taking advantage of people mm-hmm. so yeah i think that's trash so anyway that's all i wanted to say about that is don't don't buy it hot wet garbage fuck you candy crush yeah. okay uh, alien nation yep i played i talked about some of this last week and i played some with nathan um i was a couple of levels above him i think five or six levels above him uh, when he jumped in so i started walking him through and the good thing is the game scales so uh i had enemies that were above my level by about three or four levels and um and so while we were killing these things he was actually earning quite a lot of xp and at the end of our session we're pretty much one level behind each other so that turned out to be um pretty good for us, anyway. Um, so this is nice. that top-down isometric twin-stick shooter thing. Twin-stick shooter from the makers of Dead Super Starter, something like that. Yeah, that'll do. Yep. Uh, yeah, really fun game. Awesome loot system. Uh, he seemed to really enjoy it as well. Looks awesome. Uh, yep. uh, as I said, like once more people jump into the game with you, um, then yeah, it scales. You get more enemies. They're harder. Uh, and uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Is that um, Oh, once you jump into like a group, uh, it uh, it basically lets you sit in a, a lobby, and the person that's controlling it can take over and and uh, set everything up and go to the next mission and all that sort of stuff. So that's kind of cool because from the from the get go, it kind of looks like you need to rejoin the map every time that you want to go in there, but that's not the case. And then uh, last week I mentioned invasions, and yes, there are invasions, and I invaded some poor bastard in like <laughs> Singapore somewhere. Uh, and it was amazing. I ran up with my flamethrower and just cooked the shit out of him while he was trying to shoot uh, some aliens. And I killed him. Awesome. 
so I don't know. <laughs> like, as I said last week, I don't know how deep it was and whether it was going to be deep as something like uh, uh, Dark Souls or anything like that. And it, it doesn't seem to be. It just seems to, to be like you invade people and you try and kill them and mm-hmm. get rewards and whatnot for it. Um, uh, which seems to be what it is. And that's kind of fun. Like, this guy clearly had no idea what the fuck is going on. And it was just some other guy, some other player running at him with a flamethrower um, in circles to shoot. Like, I was just being a dick. Because he clearly was getting overwhelmed by aliens and some random guy who wasn't getting attacked by any of the aliens right off <laughs> just started toasting him. So I thought that was quite funny. As soon as as soon as he died, it, it put me back out into the main menu. But uh, for twenty I, bucks, that seems I like should. a really cool game. And I think we should jump in there at some stage. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get it on the weekend. I think. Yeah. It's, it's time for me to stop fucking around and get in on that shit. Yeah, I don't. The only concern I've got is that you didn't like Helldivers, so I'm not too sure how you'd go with that. I wonder if I didn't like Helldivers because I played it with someone who wasn't especially yeah. tactical, and it seems like a in-depth sort of game. Yep. So maybe I don't know. Maybe that's why I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, check that out. It's on PlayStation, the PlayStation Store, like 20, 25 bucks, I think. Yep. Um, Battleborn. Battleborn. We played a lot of Battleborn. <laughs> yes, we did. I played fucking literally hours of it, maybe 11 hours plus another three today. So mm-hmm. a lot of Battleborn. Yeah. So we went to 2K on Tuesday and spent pretty much the whole day there. Yep. I'm playing. With it. There was probably about 10 of us all up, I think. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. 10 or 12. Um, yeah, and we've talked about this one before. It's a MOBA slash first-person shooter um, with different game modes and like a story campaign mode as well, which is mm-hmm. more like a raid system from MMOs. Yeah. And uh, we played through a, a couple of the campaign modes. Um, I think I got through four. All up, I think there's a total of eight or nine. Eight. Eight. Including the plus the prologue, which the fucking prologue I've played about yeah. seven times now. Yep. Because <laughs> uh, of the way that it works with the save game and uh, the way locking everything. You can play it every single time you start the game on a different fucking system and all this kind of shit. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I can speed run that in like eight minutes now. It's pretty quick. But uh, the longest bit is that cutscene at the start, which you can't skip. No, you can't skip it despite the amount of fucking shit you gave me <laughs> on uh, Tuesday when we were playing. And you're like, what? I can skip it without any problem because I was complaining about <laughs> not being able to fucking skip it. Yeah, you actually can skip it. I just don't know how I did it. I think you have to have played it before yeah. on a different account. They've like with the patch that I think is coming out tomorrow, uh, you're able to skip like you're able to replay the prologue, but before that you weren't able to play the like replay the prologue. Once you played it you were done. Yeah. And um, and I guess the only reason why we were skipping is we because we played it so many times that like, I watched it the first time, and it's amazing. That, that song is really good, mm-hmm. and the animation's awesome. But, yep. uh, yeah, the, the the times after that where we needed to try and uh, get into the rest of the content, which is locked behind the prologue, 
Um, yeah, it was quite annoying considering. Yeah, I've played it a lot anyway. Uh, what do you think of the, the campaign stuff? You played a bit more as a team. I played. I've played it on my own. I've played it as a team. I've played it uh, with randos. I am going to one hundred percent say the writing on it is some of the worst I've seen. Probably, um, it's. I don't think it's it's up to par mm-hmm. with what we expect expect from a video game these days. Um, it's it's forced it's very forced humor um it feels like it's pretending to be borderlands humor yeah. without really understanding what made borderlands funny uh which i think hurts it a lot but on top of that uh levels seem to persist longer than they should like even like the prologue itself you know, you kill the boss and then you have to run a gauntlet where you don't actually have to fight anything. Mm. Um, it's like three enemies that pop up. Yeah, three and enemies pop up. 30 meters. And it seems entirely pointless. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and, you know, there's a cutscene after you kill the boss where it gets killed by a gauntlet instead which, like, if we're looking at just the prologue alone, is is just, it's just fucking shitty fucking storytelling. Like, you can't have an interactive story told to players by their actions wherein they run all the way through all this shit and then they rescue the person and then they kill the boss, but then a cutscene like ultimately kills the boss without their involvement. Like that's just like, it's just, I don't understand how gearbox, which is a company that has been around so fucking long would make that mistake, but they make it. It's not like the prologue isn't the first time they make that mistake. They make the mistake. Maybe, three more times like fucking half half of the campaign involves them making the mistake of you doing all of the hard work and then the characters involved doing something heroic to secure the win and that's just bullshit like such a bullshit way to go about selling your fucking story but it's absolutely how Battleborn approaches that shit. And the the flip side, the flip side of it is that the, like playing the story missions is fucking awesome. There's only eight of them, Mm -hmm. right? And they all tend to uh, sort of adhere to the waves uh sort of situation like i've done all of them except for the very last one now um they all sort of adhere to the like at some point you'll stop and you'll have to protect against waves of enemies rolling in but they're all done in a way where like level design is such that 
it specifically enhances like the first levels, the lower, the waves roll in and it's not terribly challenging. Like as long as you're mildly competent and you've managed to reach level nine by the stage that the last waves roll in, uh, you're able to fucking ruin shit, right? It's not that big a problem. When you're at the second last, uh, the seventh mission, right, the paths are super narrow and you can drop off and die very easily. And more than that, the enemies will knock you back into falling off the fucking ledges and stuff like that. And I feel like they did a really, like they've done a really good job of escalating complexity without being able to specifically, uh, not specifically, unspecifically raise intensity by uh, just simply leveling up. Like instead of like in Borderlands, if this was Borderlands, uh, the last levels would just be sort of uh, the enemies would have extra health and they'd have they do more damage and they maybe do something you hadn't seen before but in this they do something you haven't seen before they have an appropriate amount of health they do an appropriate amount of damage because you're always you've got your self-contained leveling system because you're always supposed to reach level 10 by the end of the level and on top of that the level design is what's relied upon to increase complexity. And so, like, to some extent, I can't fault Battleborn because the level design, the gameplay is fucking awesome. Single player, playing with other people, you feel like you're on edge the entire time, you're always struggling, and they've fucking nailed that. On the other hand, I don't care about the story at all. And everything it's it tries to tell me about this world, they they're not capable of attaching me to it, and they try so fucking hard to attach me to this this game world, but they they'll never do it. They'll never ever do it. It's done. Like they can't. They should stop trying. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah. I, I haven't played enough of the campaign to get an idea. I, I'm not even halfway through, so you, um, you like. I'm sure you've got some fucking feeling on it, though. Right? I, like, I like the like. I like the game modes, but I don't know about the story. It, to me, it feels like, uh, and we said this before that it, it, it's a really strange game. It feels like it should have been a part of Borderlands, like yep. when they. Um, if like this the multiplayer was, side of it, or something like that, it's really strange. I just if these it. missions were borderland, border worlds, rather, you know, the fucking theoretical, mythical, fucking borderlands MMO. Mm-hmm. If these were border worlds raids or yeah. heroic dungeons, it'd be it it'd be fucking hard pinned to not call it game of the year, mm. right? Like. You'd be looking at it, you'd be like, this is literally everything anybody wants from a group fucking dungeon. Uh, Destiny does it slightly better in incorporating um, uh, level or platforming elements more. Mm-hmm. But 
the Borderlands does a better job of missions and like the world around it. <laughs> exactly, Borderlands does all this other shit so much better. But yeah. if this if this was wrapped into Borderlands, if this was like just sort of if uh, like Battle- endgame content or something like yeah, that. if Battleborn was just fucking Border Border Worlds endgame content, people would probably never stop playing. People like it. It'd take over World of Warcraft, I think, but it's not. Instead, it is. It's a fucking distraction, as people wait or realize that nobody's fucking playing the PvP at whatever time they're trying to play. Like at this, at at my personal experience is that I sit there. And I play Slitherio <laughs> while I'm waiting for matchmaking to find me some fucking PvP games. Yep. That shouldn't be a thing. Hmm. On which console? Or PC? PC. Oh, okay. On PC. I'm sitting with it borderless windowed mode and I'm waiting. And after, yeah. After 15 seconds, fuck it. I'll just play some Slurio. And it will usually be three-ish minutes before another team gets matched with me. And that's not acceptable or appropriate or fucking anything at all. It's fucking abysmal for a game that came out this fucking week, you know? Yeah. But that's, that's how it rolls. That's how it goes. Yeah, um, but we played some local, local. Yes. Band. Yep. <laughs> I'll tell you what that game, that game when you're playing with friends. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Not much beats it. Rainbow Six maybe, hmm. but uh, I haven't had that much fun in quite some time. Um, it's everyone is so so dramatically individual in how they are approaching shit and yet they are all so specifically uh, tied together in how they are supposed to be working towards the same goal like Rainbow Six you're all basically shooters and you have vaguely different concepts about how you can approach it, Mm -hmm. but you're all basically using guns. Uh, It's not Battleborn, you know? Battleborn, shit goes down super different over and over and over again. And yeah, I, I don't think a game can compare to it. Like not in, not in first person anyway. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. Like, um, and the other thing was that it was, it, it's like when you play a game like uh, a mobile like League or Dota, it takes quite a while to get used to the concept of the game. Yep. But this one seemed to be like the people that were playing got a grasp of it quite easily. Like they understood, okay, uh, on on this mode, I've got to walk all the minions into the. Uh, into the, the compactors, whatever, or the furnaces and make them eat it. And then uh, the more you get them to, to feed that, the more points you get. Like, 
Um, people seem to get an idea of swapping lanes and coming to help yep. um, when they should be pushing a certain lane. And yeah, it just seemed like it, like it's not too overly complicated for people. Like yep. it's still on the, it's not, I wouldn't call it a casual game, um, but it's definitely not on the same level as like a League or Dota, but it's kind of in between. Whereas Overwatch, I would put that as somewhere even closer to casual because um, you know this one's got leveling up and you've got to try and figure out where you're going to put your points into yeah um, there's item progression uh like getting items and enabling them there's there's uh camps around the place in some of the missions that you have to go do like there's a, a lot of things going on but quite quickly after a few rounds people kind of understand what they should be doing and it helped a lot i guess because we're all in the same location we could talk to each other and and help yeah. each other out as well uh, that definitely helped. Yeah. Like communication 100% helped. And uh, it helped that everyone who was present was, uh, if not um, immediately adaptive, at least willing to learn. But uh, yeah, there was still some like teething problems. There was, there was still a specifically and definitive like uh, separation between skill and lack of skill that like like to the point where by the end of the night uh you and i and the two 2k pr dudes were not allowed to be on the same team the four of us could not be on the same team and they like even three of us couldn't be on the same team mm-hmm. because the uh, weight of that uh skill couldn't be overcome yeah like we played it's- that mode with the control point and just smashed everybody yeah, yeah it was exactly. it was first to 500 or first to 600 i think they didn't even get to 100 points mm-hmm. uh and it was we were down a player as well as like five versus four <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, it, once you start splitting them up and there's somebody with a voice that kind of understands what's going they can start directing people as like a coach or a captain mm-hmm. and that helped um but yeah i like i really had a lot of fun with it uh i think it's a really well designed game i think it's really good uh i've seen obviously there's not many reviews out at the moment um and i've seen a bit of negativity from some of the media and i guess that's because once again they're not i just don't think a lot of them understand the concept of the like how to play some of these games which is baffling (laughs) i think hardcore competitive first person shooters will always find themselves at odds with media who are inherently not competitive and it's it's easy to give them shit it's easy to give that media shit but not everybody is competitive in the way that they play games. And yeah. I think it's something like it's something that especially people like you and I could stand to understand a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like because my perspective is like fucking actually it's one I didn't write down, but Hearthstone, right? The new Hearthstone. The only way I look at it, right, is from the perspective of someone who is striving to win games. But there are, like, more than 50% of people don't 
attempt to win games. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not their fucking strategy. They'd like to win. They would love to win. But their strategy, they don't build with the fucking concept of winning in mind. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's something that we don't, you and I, and Jung and Nathan, to be honest, like, nobody that is regular on this podcast is a fucking loser. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes, that's right. Like, we just we just don't fucking conceptualize losing as a strategy that could ever fucking work. But it is a reality for a lot of people. They don't have any problem with it. Yeah. Well, but I think, like, my biggest issue is, is looking at, like, mo- the MOBA genre is not entirely new it's been around for a very long time but when reviewers are like oh i don't i like i don't understand this this stuff it, i just don't get it like they don't put any effort in to learn it and i think that's important because um you know a lot of games these days are taking elements from from that and by saying that i don't understand these games or you know i'm not going to put the effort or time into it then you can't throw a, an opinion around being like this game is not good blah 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 well it's not good because you don't understand how to play it like you're more than happy to put 100 hours into you know skyrim or fallout or some rpg but you can't put 100 hours into learning the moba genre or how that stuff works like the basic idea of that if if they were to put 50 hours into a into a you know a moba they would get very like they wouldn't understand like high level stuff but they would have an understanding of how these things work and once you get an idea of how one works you get an idea of how most of this stuff kind of kind of kicks along um and i think that's the problem is it a lot of people out there just aren't giving it the chance um and then so they just don't get it and then they don't review it or they don't um or they look at it and they play five hours and they're like i don't i don't like this game because i don't understand it it's not fun like I risk opening the box a little here, but uh, there was an article on uh, PC and Tech Authority uh, re- like this week, basically, like two days ago, uh, by a guy that I've, I've read some stuff of before and I tend to respect. Um, the title is Why Are Gamers So Protective of Gaming and So Unwelcoming? to newbies Mm -hmm. and he writes a lot of stuff about sort of uh, dismantling or deconstructing the concept of the cons like gamers as a as a identity situation which obviously we've touched on before but one of the things he talks about is how uh he plays a lot of dota and uh when he plays dota he plays bane yep okay (laughs) But when he plays, Support. when he plays Bane, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't play Bane as a support. He plays, he plays it as a carry. Yes, which is ridiculous. And okay, he gets, he gets a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, about and it's probably me. He's probably written this article <laughs> because of me. I knew, I knew I could bait you into this shit. Uh, 
And he gets he gets a lot of trash talk, uh, telling him that you know he's not playing correctly and he's not he's not playing right. Nobody ever gives him a chance to prove that he's playing correctly. They just hate on him the entire time. Mm-hmm. And even if they're winning, uh, you know they they still give him shit because yeah. he's playing Bane as something other than a support. And it's one of those situations, like. It's one of those, like, I am not a Dota fiend. Mm-hmm. I'm not a crazy Dota person or even, like, a Dota player. Uh, yeah. But I recognize I've, after fucking three years of fucking international <laughs> podcasts, yeah. I've come to recognize the archetypes. And uh, Bane, I, I know, I know Bane is a support. You're supposed to play him some specific way. And it's one of those situations where, like, I it made me realize that, that gamers or uh, not gamers, game journalists are one of these separate, sometimes separate situations from gamers themselves because game journalists uh will put themselves into predicaments that people shouldn't be putting themselves into for the sake of a story and that's exactly what Matt is doing like there is no reason why you would play uh Bane as as a carry just as there was there's no like in Battleborn there's no reason why you'd play Miko as a fucking carry or Wrath as a fucking support. Wrath can get some health back, mm-hmm. but it's mostly for himself, almost 90% for himself. Yeah. Uh, and peripherally, he can get some other people some fucking health back. So it's not like you do support as him when he'd be much better served, like, sorting other like fucking people up right like that's yeah people who specifically play against the archetypes of characters just to it's it's like it's like having um it's like having a basketball game and andrew bogut is standing on the three-point line and he's like no no throw me the ball like i got this i can do it and maybe he can do it but Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are standing there being like, fuck, I shoot 50% from the free from the three-point line. Like, just don't worry about that shit. You just go in there and dunk the ball. Like, that's what you do. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, the Cavs literally today <laughs> throwing whatever the fuck they wanted up from beyond the three-point line and then going in. Hmm. Yeah. Are you nervous about that, by the way? No. No, huh? I still think it's going to be a Spurs, um, Golden State. Like Golden State are fucking destroying teams without Steph Curry. Yeah, at the moment, um, I, I'm they curious- had some, they had some trouble when they actually started calling illegal screens. Yeah, so I think it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. Like the 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 series I'm watching at the moment is OKC and, and uh, Spurs. I think that's going to be good. It's gonna be good. I think you're right, and and I, I'd like to see them lose anyway because then we can get Kevin Durant in LA. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah. To wrap back into the the PC and Tech Authority story, though, okay. I don't think he's inherently incorrect. Like, he picks probably the shittiest fucking example I've ever seen. Like, oh, I play Bane as a character and people get mad at me. That's a fucking terrible example. Like, yes, of course they are. Yeah. But he's not inherently incorrect. But a lot of cultures are inherently exclusive. Uh, I don't think he necessarily strikes on... I hope I hope he manages to find something more definitive in the coming weeks cuz I'm sure I'm sure he's capable of like gaming as a culture is inherently exclusive and it is deliberately so um so I'm sure he can find why it is but yeah people giving shit for playing Dota wrong I don't think is the correct analysis of the situation yeah fair enough i hope i don't get matched up with him probably not because it sounds like he'd be in a low skill level skill level so maybe so i got nothing to worry about do you have to bail yeah shortly um let's finish up on battleborn and then um yeah anything else to say about that one battleborn i like it but i can't get over how long it takes me to find a fucking game it is way too long to find a game uh, like we're talking about mo- like tens of minutes at a time or like multiple minutes up to 10 minutes at a time. And it shouldn't be like that. Hang okay. on. Before you battle, I'm going to go to the bathroom. You talk about battle. I will talk about Battleborn. Um, so I've played a little bit on, uh, we played quite a lot on PlayStation 4, but I've also played a little at home. I haven't had any problems with the matchmaking in terms of the length of how long it does take to find a game. Um, I played one or two games and it was, it was actually quite quick. But the issue that I did have was that the uh, the servers or the, the lag I was getting at the time was not great. It seemed like I was being matched up with Americans or I'm not too sure what was going on there, but there was at least two people in our team that were subpar pings um, according to the network stats in the uh, in the leaderboard. But anyway, otherwise, uh, I've also played a little bit on PC. It uh, looks quite quite good on the PC and uh, the frame rate I'm getting is is pretty high, around, I would say... 100 to 130 frames a second on the PC with that's it running it's uh, 1080p and I think most of the stuff is pretty high so that's good it looks amazing um, yeah the thing I like I guess most about it is the just the different modes and it's quite simple to get in there and and play so yeah are you back mm-hmm. I was just saying how it runs quite good on the PC yeah man Wait, oh my god so much better on PC than it is on console. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it should be. It's not graphically demanding, right? No. But it still looks all right. Like, it uses uh, physics and... Artistically, there's a shitload going on, but it's not fucking... It's not forcing any fucking, you it's, know... It doesn't look like The Division. <laughs> yeah. It's not realistic. It's a cartoony-style type of game. Mm. yeah 
Um, but I liked how when we were playing in the LAN, towards the end of the sessions, we were very had some really close games and the games are going for like 35 minutes mm-hmm. um, and having a lot of good kills and kind of people are understanding their roles and what they should be doing. Uh, yeah, and that sort of stuff was really fun. You were saying um, earlier on that uh, you were worried about like people not understanding what they were supposed to do in single player. In multiplayer or single player? Single player, I think. Yeah. Uh, like when we were at the event, you were talking about how people weren't really fulfilling their role and that's why we were failing or some shit. Was that me? I don't think so. Because I wasn't... I didn't play with you. Single player. Didn't you? No. Would have been someone else. Fair enough. You weren't there. <laughs> you came a bit later on. I'd already played a couple matches and then I played with uh, Alan and then uh, multiplayer. So it wasn't me. You were playing with like uh, Ed and someone else. Oh, yeah. I was too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I played a game last night on PlayStation. We got fucking destroyed. Um, sorry, not last night. On Tuesday night on PlayStation. Mm. Just because the people that were in it had no idea what they should be doing. Mm. Uh, so they were picking... Like, we didn't have any tanks. Um, our, our people weren't teleporting back to base when they were low on health. They were just kind of running backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, you know, the, the sniper guy wasn't really in a good position. He was getting destroyed. Like, yeah, at that stage, like, I was hoping, all right, a couple more games. Hopefully, the matchmaking sorts itself out and I don't run into any more of this stuff. But wasn't a good initial impression at home. <laughs> Uh, hopefully it gets better. Like, I didn't have that problem in on PC, but and I wonder if that's because that community is more like they understand how those games work, whereas this might be a, a bit of a newer concept on the the consoles. Yeah, like, th- yeah. like the closest thing I can think of is something like Smite. Smite's a game that uses mobile elements, but other than that, there haven't been too many. There's been that Lord, Lord of the Rings game, but there's nothing. There's there's not like a huge scene like uh, your League of Legends or or Dota or anything like that on the console. Yeah. Or about the uh, ping. You were saying you didn't... Yeah, I was getting a terrible ping. I don't understand if it was matchmaking me with Americans or there was server problems, but... I did some testing this morning and uh, there are definitely Australian dedicated servers and you're definitely priority assigned to be matched with Australians. But, uh, yeah, I had some piss ball ping matches last night as well so Mm. i don't know maybe maybe it doesn't necessarily care like if it's like well if i can get you a game in general and fuck it we'll do that but yeah mm. um the other thing i was worried about and we brought this up when we played the beta was the items that you can unlock and get um because they're so fundamental in the way that uh it kind of shapes your character. Like some of them will give you more damage or increase your accuracy or reload time or um, just, you know, more shields, like all these little perky type things. Uh, Yeah, the main thing I was kind of worried about was whether or not they're going to have a a system in there to be able to buy loot packs. So generally the people that had threw the most money into the game would end up having the better gear. Mm. And they're not doing that at the moment. That's not in there at all. The only way you can get loot 
The only way you can buy loot uh, packs in the game is using the in-game currency. And there's mm-hmm. no way at the moment to use real real money to buy that currency. So that's good. Because um, if that was in there, I'd be shitting on this game like completely. It yeah. just wouldn't, I wouldn't consider, I wouldn't even be playing it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because it would break the game. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing that they've done. And hopefully they never do it. Um, stick to skins, like charge for skins. That's I'm cool with that. They're so enthusiastic about giving you all these skins just for playing. Like I've already got like five skins from Miko. Yeah. Did you get all the gold ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gold ones, other ones, signing up for shift ones, all this shit. Yeah. It's like you could 100% be asking for money for that shit and nobody would give a fuck. Yeah, some people um, might be upset, but there's people that would definitely buy it. If they're into the game, then sure thing. And the flip side is, yeah, I'm not like I'm going to choose whatever fucking skin is easiest to make sure I fucking make sure I get my character. Yeah. Like, I'll be Wrath default if it ensures I get to play as Wrath, right? Mm-hmm. But, because uh, it's a race. It's a race for certain characters. But yeah, because they're unique on the uh, multiplayer. You can only play one of them. Yeah. Unless you play a custom game, which you can turn that off. Yeah. Um, yeah. I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy it a lot, especially uh, there's three modes. There's control point. Yep. Incursion. Uh huh. And meltdown. Yeah. Yep. So meltdown is sort of you're feeding your minions into a grinder. It's a two laner. Mm-hmm. It's simplistic in a way that uh, incursion isn't. Incursion is sort of like a single lane mobile where you've got two towers on each side and once both towers are down it's over but you've got mobs as well and yeah it's yeah, semi- turrets around the place and like supply stations you can build like buildable objects yeah build shards around that you can get yeah um yeah and control point is basically just domination from call of duty or I don't know, whatever you want to call it from yeah. Battlefield, but uh, it's basically <laughs> you've got three uh, three points and you capture A, B, and C and the points jack up and that, that's basically it. Yeah. It's the most uh, uh, classic. Generic. <laughs> yeah, generic type of shooter type game. Very, de- It's not MOBA style at all. Mm. Yeah. It's ironically the mode I have the most fun with. You're crazy. It's gank city. I mean, you're capable of soloing shit. If you work out that everyone is over at B and C, then you can go cap A without anyone fucking you up. Mm -hmm. Or at least when they realize you're fucking up A, they'll come across. If you get away with it, then you can go find a gank you can get the gank like you can work out based on your mini map 
where the gank is on from your teammates, what the, your teammates can see. But there's also mobs in that game as well mm. that you can go and kill and you'll get experience from them. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a unique perspective as well, I thought. It's a differentiator that I think it doesn't ultimately bring that much to the table. It definitely uh, drags the game out of simply being a generic domination mode, but uh, is ultimately not a, like it's it's sort of just an aside. Like it's like, what the fuck are my teammates doing? Oh, okay. We did, we, like, we got four of their team down, so we may as well go kill their AI, mm-hmm. get the free XP, and then make sure we're uh, holding on to three points. But, like, at the same time, if you're holding on to three points all at once, yeah, you're probably winning. Yeah. Right? Like, getting some extra XP uh, doesn't really bring that much to the table. Yeah, it just allows you to level up. Yeah. More abilities, I guess. Level up more when if you've basically team wiped them, you're already probably at an XP advantage uh, outside of some sort of fucking fluke. And some sort of fucking fluke probably isn't going to come across, come uh, along in a uh, pub, public server like situation right like so yeah it's one of those situations where yeah the extra monsters uh might be useful but i i think that they're literally just to differentiate the game from generic domination yep yeah anyway i dig it i like it i've got to play more though i don't know where i sit on i gotta play without uh you know with without a land environment and just with you guys and Get some more time into it. See how many, see how much legs it's got. You got a PC coat yet, or what? Yeah, I, I played a bit last night with uh, with with Drew. We played oh, okay. some um, some single player. We played two story campaigns. Cool to get some unlocks, but yeah. Hmm. Didn't play any multiplayer yet, so this weekend I will play a lot. Cool. Okay. Mm. Right. right. You're gonna leave us, aren't you? I can, yes. I will put it on mute and you can talk to yourself. Cool. You should talk about everything you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was probably it. Excellent. What will we do? How will we make sure? I, I will cancel the call, I guess. When you're done, yes. And that will stop the recording, yeah? I hope so. And then you'll get the podcast up tomorrow, right? Let's hope, yeah. Theoretically, I'm, I might listen to it and see if you're like if you you might fall asleep or something. I might. I'm pretty drunk, or <laughs> well, I should be on top of this shit. There's some news and some emails I've got to get into. Oh shit! Don't um, read the ones. There was some in there to me, like some PR emails. I've sorted that out. Don't read them out. Oh, now I've got to get on this shit. No, this uh, I got pizza, so oh, that's good. Yeah, I might be okay. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, Cameron emails. Yes. Hmm. And Harry. And Harry. Okay, yeah, there's something there you can get into. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not addressed to me, are they? Probably not. Nope. No, you can figure it out. It's a Dark Souls email and 
So I'm going to talk about Master of Orion and Hearthstone. Yeah, you can do that. That sounds fun. Can I? I will. All right, I'm going to go. Have fun. Have fun talking to yourself. Bye. We should get a um I should have done like a a track of me just agreeing with you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like Arnold. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I might get that and put that in every once in a while. Good one. Just that bit. Okay. Seems like a lot of effort. Well, look, I have a lot of time. Very true. <laughs> Except for now, right now I'm quite busy. All right. I'll catch you all next week. Enjoy Job's um drunken talk. <laughs> what? So yeah. Bye. All right, do you think we're alone now? All right, let's talk some shit. I'll stop eating pizza now. All right, hang on. I'm, I'm drinking uh, Nicker whiskey from the barrel. You got to be careful the way you say that. Don't. Hey, I thought you were gone. I'm going, I'm going. Uh, Nathan got it for me for my birthday. This shit is pretty fucking tops. I'm I'm serious. I'm gonna start reviewing whiskey instead of fucking video games. This shit makes sense to me. Reviewing video games is for chumps. Everyone hates you when you review a video game negatively. You're like, oh, this video game. You know, ultimately, it's not very good. And everyone's like, the fuck do you know? Like. How dare you say Rugby Challenge 3 isn't very good? Let me fucking tell you, okay? I didn't even write this down. I'm going to sneak this in. Luke didn't even know I had Rugby Challenge 3 on the fucking list. But I bought Rugby Challenge 3, and it's a fucking garbage game. I don't know how to go through this enough. But Rugby Challenge 3 is as bad as any rugby game that has been before it. And I feel bad that any rugby game that has been before it has ever gotten anything over a five because I am no longer satisfied with the concept that rugby games deserve a par. Okay, five is par. Then no rugby game deserves a par. Not Rugby League Live 3, and I know I fucking defended it. I know I said it was good enough or at least above average for a rugby game but it's below average for a fucking sports game it's below average for fucking hockey if i would consider an nhl fucking 14 or 13 whichever was the first of the fucking next gen games if i would consider that to be subpar and it was then surely every single rugby game ever should be a fucking subpar score. And definitely Rugby Challenge 3 is. The reality that it adds in Rugby 7s doesn't bring enough to the fucking table to earn it any kind of fucking respite. What, What planet do we live on where sevens would fucking possibly do that. It's ridiculous to be like allowing FIFA 17 to add in fucking sevens mode and suddenly call it a day. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Roby challenge three is a hundred dollars and is literally a bald face scam for cash. It is, it must be, 
it must be the closest a game can come to reprinting the same fucking game without bringing the ACCC down upon its head for bald-facedly changing the title of the same thing. Like, adding sevens is apparently enough to justify the progress from a Rugby Challenge 2 to Rugby Challenge 3. The graphics aren't even better. It's fucking... It looks fucking garbage. Ugh. Battleborn. By the way, if we're doing graphics, I don't usually notice graphics in games, and Battleborn doesn't look good. And uh, I hate to say this, but the reason I noticed was because... <laughs> Uh, this is dumb, but uh, I took a moment from playing Paddleborn while I, like, I took a moment from playing through the PC version of the game, and uh, I noticed that my PC wasn't working very hard. My yeah, 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 yeah. How come it's not wearing up? Like, a lot of the time when I'm playing a heavy game, or even not a heavy game, but it's just a poorly optimized game, uh, it will... The fans, all of the fans will be jacked up to shit. And uh, Battleborn, the fans were just like, yeah, whatever. They were about at the, like, they were about at the level they are now. So if you can hear the fans right now, I'm sure Luke has already fucking deleted the fan noise. But uh, if you could hear the noise of the fans, you'd be like, uh, that's not really cracked up. Like, Armor 2 makes the fans run louder. And Armor 2 is a CPU-intensive game as opposed to a GPU-intensive game. But uh, I have I have uh, liquid cooling on my CPU and my crazy fucking GPU, uh, GTX 780, is, uh, is what makes most of the noise almost all of the time. It's... Uh, it's an oddity. Battleborn doesn't make a lot of noise out of my computer. It's not really working my GPU. And if it's working my CPU, I'm not really... It's not making a lot of noise about it. Not a bad thing. I mean, at the end of the day, I prefer a gameplay good as opposed to played uh, noisily. I mean, graphically well. So um, it's hard to argue against Anyway, uh, let's talk about some Master of Orion. I didn't get to talk about this earlier. Uh, I've been in the early access for Master of Orion for ages, but I haven't really played it at all. Uh, I started it up and checked it out. But I didn't really want to dig into it because I have this... I'm sure I've talked about it before, but I have this... Um, uh, crippling addiction to Forex games of Master of Orion's specific uh, construction. Uh, Civilization was has always been a game for me that has ruined deadlines or work or anything like it's one of those some people will take time off to play world of warcraft or call of duty or whatever and i've definitely 
I've definitely skipped days at work for the latest release of Grand Theft Auto or whatever, but Master Orion is one of those games where if I feel like I'm going well, I will miss sleep and work and eating and fucking everything to not fall out of the zone. And it's, I don't know, it's one of those crippling fucking terrible things with me. Civilization is exactly the same. It's why, it's why my Beyond Earth review was uh, semi-brief because uh, I think I was, if I recall correctly, I was uh, traveling overseas while I was reviewing it. And it worked fine on my laptop, but uh, I didn't have anywhere near as much time as I thought I'd have available. And once I slip out of that zone, once I slip out of that sense of uh, addiction, uh, it's actually surprisingly easy for me to stay out and uh, being cognitive of my ability to be addicted to these games uh it's uh it's definitely uh important to me to remain unaddicted and so yeah when i realized i wasn't addicted anymore i wouldn't go back in for fear of reigniting the addiction and when i realized i had to go back in to uh reevaluate elements of the game uh i'd do it and then yeah quickly find a way to excuse myself from becoming addicted anyway master of orion is a it's spectacularly typical as um forex games go um it doesn't do anything that is particularly surprising as far like in in my opinion it does things well it does things like uh settlement management and it does things like uh mm, ship combat management quite well but it doesn't do anything surprising it is 100% what Master of Orion the game is intended to be it's it's their it's the safest possible route at this point and it's definitely not finished there's a lot to still be done I mean at this point the AI is woeful it's uh aggressive and there's no real reason to it and um it's not especially intelligent it will basically just attempt to overwhelm you with numbers but at the same time at this point the game is balanced in a way where numbers like might equals right. So if a set if a civilization or a alien colony can get away with 
uh, simply overwhelming you, that's 100% what it will do. And it will do it every fucking time. Like the amount of times I've been like I've seen too many ships on my borders. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, the the problem with it at this point is that you know it's a space game. If you never play Master of Orion, though, it's civilization in space. You occupy uh, planets in systems like solar systems. So if you imagine uh, Earth existed within a solar system, then <sighs> sorry, uh, then. Uh, you would have other planets in this, like Jupiter is a gas giant's uh, planet. And so you could use a, uh, a particular vehicle to pro- like produce nothing but resources from the gas giant, or you could uh, mine the asteroid belt between uh, Mars and Jupiter for research points or something like that you can like it's one of those games where you've got star systems and you conquer star systems and what you're actually trying to do is conquer the galaxy slash universe and uh in that sense the new master orion captures that idea quite well but it doesn't really uh, incentivize you to do anything uh, apart from conquer your best in the four games that I've played now from start to finish conquering has been the best option every single time and uh, like even even when you feel like you are approaching a victory that is points related which involves uh building certain items and uh conquering certain planets you your best strategy is still simply uh conquer like because you reach these points that the i don't know it's it's i guess I feel like personally it's unfair to expect wargaming to solve a problem which has plagued uh, Fraxis for a decade. But at the same time, if wargaming wants to take up the mantle of Master Orion, one of, if not my favorite Forex games of all time or series of all time, then shouldn't they be required? Shouldn't it be upon them regardless to nail, to redefine what a Forex game is about? At the end of the day, Forex, like as a Forex game, Master Ryan is good, but it's, it's sort of just, it's well-produced, for an average game, if like you get my meaning, like it's as a as a game itself, it's not above average, uh, but the production qualities within it drag it upwards 
And so it is more palatable to experience. It's one of those situations where uh, I don't begrudge it for only making par or doing what it's required of it. I talked to uh, Victor Casilli, the CEO of uh, Wargaming, and he talked about how, like, literally for him, his MBA, his Master's of Business Administration, is Civilization and Master of Orion. He learned business from these two games. And, I mean, immediately... The he and I have a connection there. Like I, uh, I, I didn't go to school for business shit. I didn't do business maths. I did maths B or whatever. Like it's it's one of those situations where I fucking get it right. Like I didn't do that shit, but I fucking get his cutthroat attitude. I get how he came to this situation, how he came to his conclusions because he learned his concept of business from playing these business, semi-business games. And it's worked out for him. He's a fucking billionaire, right? Like he's a fucking, he might be a multi-billionaire. He might have those, uh, these nine zeros, right? Like ten zeros, maybe. Fucking fuck yeah. They're really going to have them tray commas, trays commas and shit. And he's all about it. But like at the same time, his, his fear of making a game that isn't Master of Orion it's holding Master Orion by Wargaming back because it's turned it into a game that is stuck in the past. It's stuck trying to replicate Master of Orion 2 uh, without really accepting the changes that have been uh, made, the progress that's been made in the last decade by games like Civilization, like Sins of a Solar Empire, like a fucking dozen Forex games. And I just, I don't know, I I regret it a little. I loathe it a little. I wish it was more. I wish it tried a little harder, but it seems uh, content with just putting across the bare minimum that it needs to put across. Bear with me while I eat some, I got some anchovy on my pizza. Oh my God. How good is anchovies? Okay. What's up next? Hearthstone, Dark Souls 3. I'm nearly finished my fourth run on Dark Souls 3. I did a run where I decided I wouldn't block. No shields at all. No parrying at all. Um, it's been rough. It's been rough. It's been mostly rough in PvP. Because I get tempted to parry motherfuckers a lot. It's... Dark Souls 3, once you... You might have 
you might, if you haven't seen it, uh, I wrote a, uh, an article on, on the geopodcast.com about how uh, ultimately the, uh, like, ultimately Dark Souls 3 isn't about the difficulty. So the title was, Does Dark Souls Need an Easy Mode? And what I wrote about was how the difficulty isn't the core of the Dark Souls experience, but it may, it is, it contributes heavily, right? So I forgot what I was saying. I'm pretty drunk. What I was saying was uh, I've been playing this uh, no blocking run. And in PvP, it's one of those situations where you really have to You really have to anticipate what your your enemy is going to do. You have to know. You don't. It's not enough to know what their weapon is capable of. You have to know what they might do because you're not just accounting for what their weapon is uh, capable of or what the lag element of their weapon is capable of. You have to. You have to think about what you might do in that situation and then accommodate for that. The more I play Dark Souls multiplayer, the more I come to the conclusion that it's not very good. Dark Souls 2 gets a lot of shit, and I talked about it a lot, and I don't think it earned it. Um... People say it's not good for a Dark Souls game, etc., etc. But the PvP for that game, they spent more time fucking nailing the PvP in that game than anything else. And in Dark Souls 3, two things that Dark Souls 2 fucking nailed were just cast to the wayside. The NG+, plus, the new game+, plus was just fucking shit on. Nobody gives a fuck, apparently, about having a significantly more challenging and more interesting uh, New Game Plus element, which Dark Souls 2 fucking nailed. And the PvP is... It's not garbage. It's good. It's, It's good enough, rather. It's not good. It's good enough. But in Dark Souls 2, it was specifically and genuinely compelling to the point where you would 100% attempt to uh, or recreate players just to be involved with the PvP. And everyone curses Soul Memory with a lot of good reasons. I mean, Soul Memory was terrible long-term for Dark Souls 2, but... The short term meant that you, if you wanted to keep invading, invading, uh, invading in the bell tower, if you wanted to keep being a keeper of the bell tower, then you needed to keep remaking people, uh, remaking characters, running them back up to the bell tower and making sure that you could be a part of that experience. And it, it persisted far longer 
than the experience of PvP itself. That part far longer than the Fight Club experience because people will continue to invade other people to make sure her that they have a rough time. If you go into Dark Souls today, Dark Souls 1 today, you will get invaded on your way up the fucking bell tower. I guarantee it. People will do it. And those people will fuck you up because they have practiced. They've spent a lot of time making sure they're better at you, are better at this than you. Like, it's one of those situations where... It's, it's elitism at play. It's elitism without being elitist, where people are literally elite at the game and they're demonstrating it. And to argue against it would be reductive in a way that is anti-Dark Souls. And Dark Souls 2 created a PvP that encouraged people to continue to do it for as much as possible, as long as they possibly could. That's what Dark Souls 2 did so much better than Dark Souls 3, is the PvP and, of course, the NG+. So uh, I find it hard to persist, persist rather, with, uh, with Dark Souls 3 beyond self-imposed challenges. And I'll never do a Soul Level 1 run through because I don't have I don't have a personal interest in challenging myself that way as much as I admire and will continue like you've got to watch Jung you've got to watch Jung beat the nameless kin king if you don't know his uh his YouTube let's see if we can fucking find it while we're while we're right here Junglist um his YouTube concrete junglist is uh his YouTube name. Just search Dark Souls 3 SL1 Nameless Concrete Junglist. And you can watch him beat the fucking Nameless King as a level one. And as much as he will, as much as he'll play down his achievement, um, and I mean, arguably, arguably beating SL1 uh, for Dark Souls 3 is a lesser achievement than it is for Dark Souls 2 because you have less at your disposal. Um, it's still a fantastic effort. I mean, the Nameless King took me fucking ages to beat and to beat it with a probably a quarter of the health, it's brilliant. It's fantastic. It's definitely worth watching. Even that Any passing interest in Dark Souls... It's worth watching. Um, I guess that's all the Dark Souls. I guess. Let's talk about uh, Hearthstone instead. Or Overwatch. Let's talk Overwatch first, Hearthstone last. Overwatch first. Uh, I've been playing Overwatch more. I think I've come to terms with the idea of uh, what it is about Overwatch that bugs me. And it's not uh, specifically anything about the game itself, which I think is probably, uh, I don't know, uh, your instincts are to think that it's a very dumb idea. But uh, 
What it is is that Overwatch for me doesn't grab my competitive nature. And we talked about it a little bit earlier, but it doesn't really draw me in in a way that I think competitive gamers need. My need to win doesn't really persist because I never feel like my uh, personal I don't know uh, play has a special impact on the game itself. So even if I even if I play as um, a character and I do all the right things, if I'm say Reinhardt and I'm shielding and I'm smashing the Bastion at the perfect time, killing her turrets and doing everything I I need to do. Because of the way the game swaps players in and out, I never really feel like my gameplay really impacts it. And it's it's a curious revert like it's a curious situation because it's something that I think Battleborn could do really well from it could do with pretty heartily. Uh, one of the biggest problems with Battleborn's uh, multiplayer is that people are leaving the moment they think their team is losing, regardless of the fact that you can come back and win uh, quite easily in both Overwatch and Battleborn. And Overwatch... People will just leave and you'll be down a player for a bit and then someone will slide in. In Battleborn, you're just down a player for ages and the other team will snowball to a victory. And while, and so cognitively, I love it if Battleborn had the ability to slot another player in. But at the same time, I think what is a detriment to Overwatch is the fact that it will just slot somebody in to make sure that it has the numbers required to continue the game. It's uh, it's obviously an idiotic situation where I've decided upon two uh, obvi- like directly uh, contradicting contradicting terms and are required to quite similar games to do them. But um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to resolve it. Like, I I don't know why I think Battleborn would be better served with this situation. I I know why Overwatch is poorly served by this situation. And the reason is, is that, it's what I said. It feels like your contribution to the victory uh, doesn't really matter. Like, no matter what role you play, your contribution is insignificant. Um, but, yeah, I I find myself having a lot more fun just doing gimmick shit. Uh, the most fun I've had in Overwatch since it hit more shit for the last couple of weeks is gimmick, gimmick teams. 
Uh, I've played an all May team. I played an all Genji team, uh, all Soldier Seventy Six team, an all Diva team. Um, if I can find a team, a group of people who are more interested in having fun with the game, then I will have more fun. But if I am attempting to play it for the sake of the game itself, I tend to not enjoy it as much. I think I think that is a burden of the game, a, a problem with the game. I don't think it is a problem with me. I don't think it is my own personal bias against Overwatch. But you know, it might still be there. It might it might be what impacts it. I don't know. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to ramble for uh, 40 minutes straight. And uh, anyway, um, Overwatch is an open beta right now. You can actually play it right now. You can just jump in, have a look. Uh, to me, I can't see why you wouldn't just keep playing Team Fortress 2 because it's free and you can get hats or whatever the fuck. But uh, you might actually find some enjoyment in it. Just bear in mind, I have been playing overwatch since literally the first alpha wave uh i've been playing it for fucking i have literally hundreds of hours of overwatch under my fucking belt so there's yeah there's every chance that i'm just bored with it but there's also the chance that i might actually be seeing some shit seeing something about the game that Others just aren't seeing it. It's happened before, right? I am the best fucking reviewer in the world, right? Anyway, let's talk about Hearthstone, and uh, then we'll do some news, and then we'll do some emails, and then I'm going to go to bed. But first, let's drink some nickel whiskey from the barrel. This stuff smells spectacular. Uh, smells... Oh, my God. Like caramelly bit of whiskey not too much smokiness <laughs> I might have drunk too much at once there girls and boys ah pizza helps Hearthstone the old gods out now. What's it called? Hey. Um, Whispers of the Old Gods is what it's called. I haven't played Hearthstone in some time, but I got... Uh, I needed to play it for work purposes, and I'm like, fuck it. I'll play some, play some Hearthstone. I'll get into that addiction. I'll tell you what, it's a, uh, it's a pretty fucking good expansion. I mean, they obviously get what people were disliking about the, the game, right? So, Whispers of the Old Gods reinvigorates fucking everything about the game. Well, not everything, everything, but a lot of about the game. So suddenly you've no longer got 
standard decks or sorry, eating pizza. You've got your standard deck versus uh, other decks, but you've got standard competitive, you've got standard uh, casual, and then you've also got these wild decks. Uh, they've got both types of play, and then you've got arenas, and you've got tavern brawls, and you've got uh, one other type of which I can't remember. Adventures, uh, the PVE type. And, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those situations where it seems ultra complicated. It seems ultra worrying. Like they've come into a situation where people have been complaining about it being too complex and they've decided, well, fuck it. We'll, uh, we'll make it more complex, but hopefully uh, this will simplify things. So the difference between standard and wild is that the oldest expansion and adventure pack no longer counts. You can no longer use goblins versus gnomes or the Curse of Naxxramas cards in the game, which restricts you, sort of. Uh, it's, it's one of the most interesting uh, plays from a developer that I've ever seen because it basically restricts you, like for me, as someone who played a dickhead mech mage a lot, and would constantly just modify his shitty mech mage to accommodate uh, whatever meta changes the new expansions pack uh, like brought to the to the fold. It's a it's a complex change. It's a it's a proper fucking change. Uh, it's probably the best way they could have gone about in encouraging change because otherwise I would have continued to just make my mech mage but modified it with the new cards, right? On the other hand, it introduces a level of complexity that I think Hearthstone might not necessarily need. I mean, as a collectible collectible card game on its own, as a collectible card game, uh, at its essence, Hearthstone is already pretty complex, right? Like, you've got your fucking your six heroes, and you've got nine heroes? Nine heroes, and you've got your fucking 50,000 cards, and you've got all this shit the players need to keep track of just to get involved, just to get in. And then, yeah... You tell them, oh, you've also got to keep track of which cards are wild and which cards are standard and all this kind of shit. And it seems like on the face of it, uh, yeah, shit's going to be rough. But uh, I thought I thought they did a very good job of dragging you in, dragging you into fucking the new Whispers of the Old Gods. By they give you a lot of cards. They give you a shitload. 13 fucking card packs for free just for doing quests. And they give you a lot of opportunities to get some shit. You get a you get Cthun, 
which he uh, just basically does damage, damage equaling his health, I think. Uh, he does damage based, like, yeah, equaling his health or attack, which are almost always the same. He does that the moment he's summoned. It's his battle cry. Um, it's uh, it's one of those. Yeah, you wind up building a deck. You know, if you want to build a Whispers of the Old Gods or an Old Gods deck, you wind up building around him because if the moment you open your first Old Gods pack, you get him. No matter what, he is a legendary, and it doesn't seem to affect your uh, your pity timer. Apparently, this is pity timer on uh, on legendaries through packs, and like apparently, the most you'll have to wait is two hundred and something packs. If you open two hundred and something packs. You're basically guaranteed a uh, orange, a legendary card. Apparently, Cthulhu doesn't impact that legendary, the pity timer. Um, so, yeah, it's it's one of those situations where you're able to build a card deck around him, um, and, or alternatively, if you're not inclined, you can build a card deck around beating him, and that's what the game has sort of become, you know, like I've built a deck where, which is cued to be Cthun, like beat someone who's trying to summon Cthun. Cause the reality is if you're trying to summon Cthun, you need the game to last at least until, uh, you've got 10 mana, if not more, based on whether or not you've got fucking that many, if you've got Cthulhu in hand by that point. So you need, like, if you can create a deck that is fast-paced, or the alternative is if you can create a deck that really just gives them zero opportunities to do damage, uh, yeah, the game allows you to... Yeah, the meta has sort of evolved around this Cthun card, which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool that they introduced the card and instantly impacted their meta. But it is, again, off the back of them removing a shitload of cards and putting them into wild and uh, also definitely giving you Cthun uh, 100%. And you get, yeah, basically 13 total uh, these are uh, old gods cards or oh, card packs rather yeah 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 uh-huh. uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. um anyway i i'm on i'm i'm on the fence about it i mean i enjoy it when i'm winning but my victories don't feel like proper losses and i wonder if perhaps by introducing cards like Cthulhu, introducing cards like yogg perhaps they've introduced an element of rng to an extent that is untenable too much for people who 
need that degree of control in the way they play. Like regardless of there are element, there are circumstances rather where regardless of how well I played with the cards I've been dealt, I don't have a chance. I have less than a, I would never have a chance of winning. And that is accounting for deck construction that I think should put me in a pretty good position. You know, it's uh, the mana curve is good. Uh, it, it theoretically gives me opportunities to build at all times, regardless of the fact that I'm at the whim of the card drawer. Um, yeah. If you get bad card draw, you lose no matter what, right? Like that's just the reality of card games. But yeah, at this point, I feel like I'm losing more than I should be. Maybe the maybe the deck just isn't that good. I don't think it's that. My gut instinct is that it isn't that. It's that there's too much RNG, too much randomness involved in the um, elements that make the old gods satisfying to play, which I feel will probably impact the longevity of Hearthstone Whispers of the Old Gods. Anyway, it's inv- like it's available right now. If you ever played a Hearthstone, a game of Hearthstone, you can grab it and get your... If you, I think you just need to win seven games and you'll get 13 the Old Gods packs. You might well get a legendary worth something. Otherwise, if you've been playing for a while... You can DE the cards that would be wild, disenchant the cards that would be wild, and get some. I get about 4,000 dust out of them, so that's worthwhile. It's worth a shot. Anyway, uh, let's do some news, shall we? So, the big news this week is Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Uh,. I'm at, I'm going to be fucking frank about it. Uh, I don't really, you know, people are fucking, people are too excited to be sarcastic about this shit. But I think Infinite Warfare, taking the game to space, uh, my only concern uh, is that the Settlement Defense Front whatever the fuck it's called, the sediment front defense or whatever, uh, is a ghost's reference. If it turns out to be that, I want somebody, I need you guys to tell literally everybody that Joe was right the whole fucking time. If it turns out Infinite Warfare is a sequel to Ghosts, a secret sequel to Ghosts, I want you to tell everybody that Joe was right the whole fucking time and that he's the best. He's all over this shit. But otherwise, uh, if it doesn't turn out to be that, I'm pretty fucking amped, to be honest. It's been a while since I've been properly amped for a Call of Duty game, but the space shit looks fucking awesome. There looks like there's proper zero-gravity shit. It looks like there might even be 
some kind of crazy AI trying to do some shit or whatever. It looks like it's trying. And I'm willing to check it out. The old, like, the flip side is that uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare is going to be bundled with certain additions of the game. And I have been, no joke, like, some Bada Meinhof shit uh, hanging out to play some Call of Duty 4 very fucking recently. I would love to play what Call of Duty 4 has to offer again. It's like uh, overgrowth, overgrowth and block. If, if it has those maps in it, Oh my god, I'm gonna lose fucking days in that shit. I'm gonna lose money. My wife's gonna be mad because I won't be earning shit unless I can somehow convince editors to pay me to write about overgrowth and block. Uh, I'm fucking amped. It looks awesome. Hopefully, A, they fucking pull it off. I'm sure they will. Uh, but hopefully, B, you know, they, they don't feel like they have to meet Treyarch expectations. Hopefully they feel like they can just deliver a great single player campaign, multiplayer game that people won't play as opposed to Call of Duty 4. And that's it. Because if they try to spread themselves too thin, they're going to fuck it up and it's going to be rough. Uh, Anyway, what else do we got? We got new Battlefield. A new Battlefield is being announced literally, I don't know, it might be announced by the time this comes out. Uh, I know my boy Steve Farrelly, editor of OzGamers, is in San Fran. He's got to be there. Uh, No, he won't be there for another five hours, but he'll be there fucking soon. And I know he's amped and... He's not a shooter. He's not a shooter player, but he's amped anyway. Uh, Luke wants to know if it's going to be Bad Company 3 or Battlefield 5. My dream, my hope is that it's Bad Company 3. Uh, I would prefer Bad Company 3 to Battlefield 5, but my guess is that it's bad, uh, Battlefield 5. I reckon they'll do Battlefield 5 to, uh, to reinvigorate hope in the genre, the brand, rather, post-Battlefront, which was something of a letdown, right? Uh, um, So, yeah, we got that. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I'm sure we'll try and get Steve on to tell us all about it. That'd be awesome. Uh, What else do we got? We got Dishonored 2 will be dropping... On November 12, uh, November 11, rather, on PC, PS4, and Xbox One, uh, which means they've definitely got a release date now, which is fucking pretty exciting, right? Like, I don't know. If you're not excited about Dishonored 2, maybe you should go play the first game. It was one of the better fucking first-person action-adventure games of the last decade. It was 
Not quite as good as Deus Ex, but it was fucking close. So close. I can still remember scenes uh, beat for beat from that game. It's it's one of those it's one of those iconic uh, sort of playthroughs that you've got to be involved with, in my opinion. Sonnet was Arcane Studios created a world and a game and a system, a bunch of systems that were critical to the gamer experience. It's when people, it's like when people tell you like. People were like, oh, yeah, I am a game reviewer, uh, I, I, but I've never played Mario. And like, how the fuck are you reviewing games if you've never played Mario? I've never played Dota. Like, I don't, I don't think everyone has to play everyone all the time, but I believe there are some games that you need to play to have a fully adjusted or fully grown, fully fucking matured idea of the landscape of video games. And Dishonored is 100% one of them. I mean, I'd still say that Deus Ex is one of them, but I know that some good, actually actually good critics have gone away with not playing it, uh, only to play it later and then realize how good it is. That's because Deus Ex is fucking amazing. Uh, what else do we got? We got another one. Um, Dawn of War 3 is our last news piece. I have not actually been this jacked up for a fucking game trailer in a fucking while. They fucking kill it. Like, Relic have been... I don't know. Relic have been quiet for a little bit, but uh, Dawn of War 3 looks fucking spectacular they're talking three playable uh classes but they're also there's a big fucking rumor about another one uh the fourth fourth race not class fourth race being the necrons so people have fucking done some digging they're pretty sure it's gonna be the necrons and there's a necron hero is dawn of war 2's latest Free to play uh, um, add on. Yeah, I would love seeing the Necrons in the mix, but the teaser trailer they're playing has me hyped enough. I, you know, I don't need to see shit. It looks fucking awesome. Uh, I just hope it's all co-op available because the most fun I had with Dawn of War 2 was uh, co-op and uh, I just hope they really understand what made it good to really fucking nail that degree, that element of the game anyway uh, let's do some emails shall we Uh, the Jobo only special Uh, what have we got what have we got so we've got two emails. We've got one from Harry. Uh, that's the wrong one. Um, and one from Karen. So we'll do Harry's email first. Uh, Dark Souls story for Joby, he calls it. Hey, lads. Will aboard the Dark Souls 3 quest for Get Good. Since Joe said he loved Dark Souls stories, I decided to share one of the most memorable moments for me so far. Spoilers ahead for the last boss, 
be warned. Let's uh, let's give it two minutes, okay? Uh, from now. I was listening to the Dark Souls cast you guys did last week as I was finishing off the two princes and eventually the final boss. I heard someone mention that the last boss regenerates his health and goes into phase two. Hearing you guys laugh at the comment, I simply brushed it off as banter. The two princes proceeded to incest tag team me for a while, but managed to beat them, I managed to beat them to death in a handful of deaths. Fast forward to the soul of Cinder. Fuck this cunt straight up. I decided I wasn't going to summon Fire's boss. So he killed me countless times to begin with. Eventually, I managed to do enough damage in his magic phase without him taking too much damage and got him down to zero HP. Squatty and relieved, I see him pick up his sword and enter an animation, which I assume to be his death animation. This motherfucker then powers up and five hit combos me into the air and then stabs me to death in an instant. Insane. Probably similar to lots of people's first time entering the second phase, but actually relates to something brought up in the discussion. Having fought a two phase boss just before Soul of Cinder, I was expecting a total honor duel to the death. The second phase caught me completely by surprise. Sorry for the long email, just can't get enough of this game. Keep up the awesome show. Thanks, Harry. Uh, awesome. Awesome email, Harry. Uh, it's an interesting perspective to think that because you had the two-phase boss before him, you were guaranteed that duel to the death, the honorable duel. But... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's enough for me. I don't know if it's enough to switch my pos position on the subject. Uh, we are out of spoiler time, but thank you so much for the email, Harry. Uh, and <laughs> you've worded it very nicely. I liked, I liked your story. It was fantastic. Send me more Dark Souls stories at the gapodcast at gmail.com. Um, we've got an e another email from Cameron. Let's, uh, let's go. Hey, Cameron, uh, Cameron crew. I'm so drunk. I'm like literally reading this with one eye open because I need it to focus because if I open both, uh, it's just a bit blurry. It's too blurry for me. So I, I close one eye and I can read it. Anyway, hey, Gap crew. Just saw that the Oculus Rift is going out to stores in the US despite some pre-orders not being filled. Leads me to wonder where the benefit is in pre-ordering. Games like Batman Arkham Knight will advertise Harley Quinn as a pre-order bonus, but then give me a code anyway when I pick it up six months post-launch. I can see why it's good from the business's perspective. They get an idea of the demand, and buyers are much more likely to stick with a poorly reviewed game if they already paid off the pre-order. I'm just not really sure what the plus is for a customer. Outside of really niche games and hardware like the Game Boy Micro, with tiny production runs and collector's editions, there's not a huge chance of stores running out. What do you think? Am I being short-sighted? Or is there really a, not a lot going on for the idea of pre-ordering? Thanks, Cameron. That's, um, it's... 
it's one of those topics that I try to stay out of because at the end of the day, I think people should be allowed to do whatever the fuck they want. And I hate this concept of don't pre-order games. Uh, a lot of journalists or games critics sort of attach themselves to because while I I agree with the idea from a philosophical standpoint, I, I think that ultimately pre-ordering games might not help or it, it hinders more than it helps. Uh, at the same time, I understand that people want to be... It's, it's not just about getting extra shit for some people. It's not enough to, to just get... Uh, skin or a harlequin or whatever the fuck for a game it's not enough they want to feel like they're involved with the success of the game which it like it ties into why some people cannot detach themselves from the quality of a game with the reviews it gets it's it's human nature to innately attach yourself to the quality of something you've purchased. And so, yeah, as you say, from a publisher's perspective, it's a solid plan. I mean, they get an idea of numbers, purchase numbers, but they also, what people might not think of, they also tie people into uh, innately feeling connected to the game's success by incentivizing them to pre-order the game. At the end of the day, I don't pre-order anything, and I don't recommend pre-ordering games because I don't... Or I don't pre-order any games because I don't think there are any, any actual incentives involved in pre like paying for a game before it's out. Uh, I don't think that the system as it currently stands works, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't work. Like just because it doesn't work for me doesn't mean it doesn't work for anyone else. At the end of the day, if pre-ordering a game makes you feel like you are more attached to it, I can't, I can't begrudge you it, especially if it attaches you to a game that, might not get the respect it deserves. If you were to pre-order Overwatch, you'd be uh, pissing into an ocean of, well, already full urine. But if you were to pre-order something um, more, I don't know, esoteric or, uh, you know, small, like heat signature, then you might actually functionally impact the uh, likelihood or at least the speed at which the game drops. So uh, it's it's really one of those situations where you need to measure it for yourself. I don't think tri- uh, pre-ordering AAA games uh, is ever a spectacularly wise decision unless you can specifically do the return on investment calculation in your head and work out that you'll get more out of the pre-order than you would out of not pre-ordering. But um, 
Other than that, yeah. I think, you know, I guess we bleed into early access, right? Like, there are games that I think deserve early access, and there are others that I think don't deserve early access money. And uh, it's one of those situations where you've... It's certainly 100% independent. Anyway, that was a fantastic email, Cameron. Thank you so much for the emails, the gapodcast.com. Um, sorry, emails at the Gmail podcast. The GA podcast. No, what the fuck? The GA podcast at gmail.com. What the fuck? Job, sort your shit out. I have a lot to drink. Oh, my God. I didn't even talk about the game. I, oh, my God. I was, I was playing uh, Devolver Digital is uh, a publisher based out of the UK, but they managed to snag a crafty PR dude in Sydney, and he um, he set up Shadow Warrior 2 in uh, a whiskey bar. That's why I'm so fucking drunk. Um, I played the game before I got ultra drunk, but bless his heart, he let me get drunk anyway. Uh, Shadow Warrior 2, I don't... If you didn't play the first game, it was, um, I thought it was very linear. It was one of those games where you sort of just ran from point to point. Uh, it was reminiscent of Painkiller. And I don't think that was on, like, I don't think, well, that was an accident. Like, it was, uh, it's very deliberately. And I'll type some things in. What the fuck was it called? Shadow. Shadow something. I've now forgotten. Jesus Christ, Joe. Oh, my Jesus Christ. What's the fucking game called? Um, Shadow. This, this is why I can't get drunk. Shadow Warrior. Shadow Warrior 2. Um, See, so I was just... What, Operating on, uh, let's bring up the details on when it comes out. It's probably fucking helpful. Um, but Shadow Warrior was one of these, like, it was, it was linear, but it wasn't like bad. It was good fun. Um, this, I'm talking about the 2013 remake, uh, not the old, old, old school game. Um, it was, it, Gave you a shitload of weapons, and it sort of reminded me a lot of Painkiller. And it wasn't in any circumstances bad. It was just sort of fucking, yeah, like you got it, right? Like you understood it very early on. Shadow Warrior 2, on the other hand, um, it's got a four-player co-op, and uh, it seems to be much more open. Like you can go a lot of different places all at once and you can get at your objectives. It will point you towards your objectives. Uh, wait, like at once it'll be like, Oh, you're going to go here. You're going to go there next, but you don't have to follow them. Like I sort of did whatever the fuck I want. I found enemies to kill in a different sort of order. I, I did my own thing. Um, it's pretty cool. Like, b like by virtue of allowing you to work shit out on your own, it's not 
non-linear. You don't have a fucking... It's not like Homefront or like Nathan described in a Homefront. Oh, I got the hiccups now. But it does give you this massive level and allow you to attack it in any order you like. And once you do... Once you complete your objectives, you can then teleport back and you're finished. But it's also got this item uh, situation, this like itemization inventory situation where you're able to sort of uh, equip your uh, Shadow Warrior with the tools you need, you feel you need to take down the enemies in the game. And it, it sort of enhances your ability to customize your experience. Like I had a desert eagle that had a fucking that had acid on it, so to keep doing damage after I shot them, or I had a um, bow and arrow that would do it would freeze enemies on contact on a on crit, and so I just if I got the headshot, then they'd freeze a couple of seconds later, and I'd be able to take them out at my leisure and chill like that, and it sort of in- incentivized you to play certain ways which is, uh, I think, a really good idea, especially if it's got four-player co-op. It seems to me like it's going to be the sort of game where you play over and over again. You know, one of these one of these games where you're in, you know, the real game doesn't start to finish it on nightmare mode, right? Like, as much as I loathe the concept uh, or the, you know, the fucking buzz the genre the sorry the cliched fucking catchphrase um yeah it's it's one of those it feels like one of those games where you're gonna want to play it over and over again which is i don't know it's what you sort of want from a fucking first person shooter right and as that hilarious ign uh, article from years ago goes, what if Diablo 3 was a first-person shooter, right? Like, that's how it feels. You're getting items that upgrade your your weapons, and it might... It's actually not might. It's almost definitely not to that extent, but it feels good. Like, they fucking nailed the shooting. They nailed all the weapons. The weapons feel significantly different, but always satisfying. Like, yeah. And there's shitloads of gore. You can, like, you get your shotgun and you blast a giant circular chunk out of a demon or whatever the fuck. But not, you don't, you still, like, kill the demon. The demon keeps running at you and shit. Feels good, man. Like, it feels like something you want to keep being involved in. You're like, fuck, okay. It feels like how Doom should feel. Let's, let's put it that way. That's what Doom should have felt like. And I haven't played the single player, but... I can't imagine of the multiplayer that the single player is going to feel proper or correct or anything like that. Anyway, let's wrap this podcast up. Thank you so much for listening to me. I have literally been yapping on for a fucking hour now. Um, let's see. What do I have to... There are these things that Luke says always. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and rate and review us. Please do it, though. Like, genuinely, wherever you get the opportunity to review us and give us five stars, if you think we're a five-star podcast, fucking give us five stars. It helps. It lets other people know we've had our best month ever 
uh, last month, which is fucking awesome. I'm super pumped about that. Um, email us at the GA podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I love emails. You know I love emails. I say it every week. You can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash the GA podcast or twitter.com slash the GA podcast. If you've got a shorter question, hit us up on Twitter. Just like dump it out. And if, if it's only going to take up 280 characters, dump it out in two tweets and we'll make sure we read it out. Um, visit the gapodcast.com. I don't know what Luke has been up to this week. I'm sure he's been up to some stuff. But uh, I wrote a big story on the GA podcast called Does Dark Souls Need an Easy Mode? You can go read all of the script to that. Uh, I made a, I think, a good argument. Um, I'm, you know, the best games critic in the world, so... It's probably a good argument, but uh, I made I made a video alongside it. It's uh, okay. So if you just want to listen to me as opposed to reading, then you can watch it. It's right there on the chairpodcast.com. Uh, you can send us a voice message on speakpipe, speakpipe.com slash the, the gap. And, yeah, that's about it. Uh, once again... Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant! Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I, I love, I love the podcast. And uh, next week, we're going to make Luke eat a one kilo burrito, while I hopefully get my fucking ice cream because that shit must be on by now, right? Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you later. Uh, let us know what you thought of this episode, of course, uh, either on Twitter, Facebook, or in an email. Bye.